Blog Talk Radio. Again. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you. Mega, mega, mega. 
What a song. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. This is Rory Sodder. It is great to be with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. Uh, we had a fantastic show on Tuesday. We had amazing guests, uh, great dialogue. So much was uh, addressed and established. Um, first and foremost, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my co-hosts, my guests, my sponsors, and my amazing audience. You guys are incredible. Uh, don't forget, we're listened to in 22 different countries. We're on over 60 online platforms. And if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, don't forget to visit my new media site, dnexgenusa.com. And don't forget, we will be having many notable names and people that will be having their own shows here in the coming months on the network. And as it gets closer, we will announce more about that. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you tonight, Roy? Doing well. Great to have you here. Uh, also want to welcome to the show uh, founder of, of College Republicans United and founder of Republicans United and also currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin Dukeifer. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Rory. I hope everyone on the show is doing great as well. I can't wait. Excellent. I also want to welcome to the show uh, popular talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Kane. How are you, my friend? Hey, brother Rory. It's a real pleasure to be here. I, I love your music at the beginning. It always keeps me on my toes. One minute I think Star Wars is starting, and then I, I think I'm getting a burger and a milkshake <laughs> at a drive through But uh, I... I want to just real briefly say a special hello to some very dear friends of mine listening tonight, Mr. and Mrs. Marshall and Cindy Wood down in Jacksonville. God bless you guys. Just just such wonderful people and personal mentors to me. And I also want to send a warm hello to the Kane Crusaders listening in. Clean in there, guys. And uh, Rory, I'm sending you a hug, brother. And back to you, Kevin, as well. Man, thank you. That was very, very sweet of you. I appreciate that. Uh, I also want to welcome on the show, very, very popular guy, very talented guy, nationally syndicated radio talk show host, lobbyist, successful businessman, public speaker, political consultant, strategist, at, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, my friend? Wow, I had no idea I was all those things. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the introduction. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's great to be with all the, your other talented guests tonight, Rory. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, everybody, I want to get into the breaking story, obviously. And, you know, this. I woke up today and immediately turned on the news, like I do every day, and I see Julian Assange getting escorted out of, out of the embassy, the Ecuadorian embassy, and, and these people arresting him. Look, look at the picture here, though. Look at the picture. He's been living there for seven years. Hasn't been, hasn't been bothered to this sort of extent. Yes, we've seen people try to give him a hard time. You know, there's been, a, there's been certain, I know, governments that have wanted him for certain crimes, uh, but they never got, they never got there. Uh, finally, uh, you know, they, seven years later, they got him, and it's 
under the most ridiculous circumstances. Look at the timing of this entire thing. I think this is one of those distractions because look at how pivotal and look at how important uh, Julian Assange is to so many different things. He was one of the reasons that Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. He exposed so much of her dirt, so much of the Democrats' uh, you know, craziness, and a lot of the corruption behind closed doors. And the way I view this entire thing is look at just, again, look at the timing. Spygate is currently going on, the FISA warrant investigation, the Clinton emails from Ukraine, uh, the fake Russia hoax. Uh, this is an election year. You know, I mean, it's not an election year yet, but we have all these candidates who are out there uh, doing their thing, especially on the left. And, uh, I mean, just look at, look at everything. It, it seems to me like they're covering their tracks. They know Julian Assange is a huge threat. They know that he uh, usually gets to the truth, especially if people are hiding stuff on their computers or files and um, just all these different things. It just smells terrible to me. There is something more going on here. And I, I, don't, I don't buy, you know, that Julian Assange was this big threat. I know that there was a rape allegation against him, but <laughs> – if you really look at that story in detail, there are so many uh, things that don't add, add up from the, from the victim, the supposed victim. So, you know, guys, it's like, and, and here's what really blows my mind. It makes me angry, and this should make anybody upset. Chelsea Manning got, 30, got like 300-year sentence in prison. Obama pardoned her. And they're going after Julian Assange today, one of the reasons for uh, conspiring and teaming up, colluding with uh, Manning, with, with uh, Chelsea Manning. And this woman is, this, whatever you want to call her, it's a he, she, it's a tranny. So whatever you want to call the person, it, uh, hey now. that it is walking free right now. And, and Juliana Assange is really like, I just, guys, I, I really am, am at a crossroads here. I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is this is a deep state uh, setup. This is a deep state mission. This was set up by dirty people behind closed doors. And, you know, look at everything the left has been exposed with so far. I bet you anything they were worried that Julian Assange had certain information that he was going to release. You know, obviously, maybe not right now, but as the election gets closer. I think they find him as a threat. I think this is all a setup. I want to go to uh, Bill. What do you think, Bill? Well, I, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know, you know, I, I mean, he's never published anything that wasn't true, and I, you know, it's a, it's kind of a, a split thing, you know, if he participated, actually participated, and regardless, you have to set aside what Obama did with, with Manning, but um, if he participated in actual, you know, some type of, of hacking into, to Pentagon computers, then, you know that has to be addressed. That that you know, but I don't think anything that he's ever published should, there shouldn't be anything to do with that. There hasn't because, ever been anything harmful. I mean, it's pretty much been kind no. of like you know Edward Snowden. I mean, Edward Snowden is a hero in my opinion. Keep going though. It, it, it kind of this almost reminds me, and I, I was thinking about this today when the the guy who killed Oswald, when you know he was saying he was begging him to take him to Washington. He said, "I got a story to tell you. Um, I can't think his name slipping my mind right now. The the guy Jack that killed Ruby. He, Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby was yeah. sitting. 
Gail Gruby was screaming, take me to Washington, take me to Washington. You know, I have something to tell you, but you have to take me to Washington. And, and, and if you think about Julian Assange, don't you think that he would have some, some you know, bunker buster bombs laying around somewhere that in case this happens? And, it, and it, it's kind of like, you know, once he comes here, there may be – he may have things that, that we, we don't really understand yet, and, and this is kind of a, a show for the public that, oh, we're big and we're bad and we're going to – and then when you find out the real information that he's got, because, I, again, I don't think that he's, he's, he's showed every card that he's got. I don't. And I, and I think once he comes here, you've got a much different ballgame, and you might see things that you just have no idea. Well, look at the look at what they're trying to get him for, and look at how many people on the left are guilty way guilty of much worse, and nothing happens to them. I mean, it's a slap in the face to real to real justice. I mean, they go after everybody, you know, that uh, is a threat to them, but they never have to get held accountable. Such a double standard. Uh, Kevin, go ahead, and then I want to play quickly what the president had to say earlier. But go ahead, uh, Kevin. Oh, yes. Well, this whole ordeal is absolutely frustrating because uh, Trump had said that we pretty much relied on uh, what Assange had did to know all about what uh, Hillary had done with her private servers, all the enormous uh, corruption and uh, that her whole team had uh, done. And now we see that the DOJ charges Assange for doing something that uh, was not an illegal threat. He he didn't hack any servers or anything like that. They're trying to silence a real journalist someone who's actually showing the world exactly what's going on. And it's absolutely insulting that uh, we have the mainstream media that lies every single day and is creating these false narratives when actual – it's actually an insult to call Assange a journalist. He's more than a journalist. Uh, and he's he's a hero, up, man. Almost. We absolutely need to protect whistleblowers so, like this, you know? Absolutely. And so it's really frustrating when Trump appoints these – Blunt monsters like uh, Whitaker, and uh, and then they charge Assange. It was the same with Jeff Sessions. He appointed Jeff Sessions, and Jeff Sessions made most of his career trying to get Assange. It's it's bullcrap. It it shouldn't happen. Very true. Very true. I want to play. I want to play this Trump clip, and then uh, Clint. I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to get. I'll get to everybody. I, I know everybody has thoughts, but I want to. Here's the president earlier today. One four. <laughs> Mr. Yes, President, Mr. President, are you an economic project for South Korea and North Korea? Are you willing to allow some leeway and relaxing sanctions so that South Korea can pursue some more economic projects with North Korea? Well, we are discussing certain humanitarian things right now, and I'm okay with that, to be honest. I think you have to be okay with that. And South Korea is doing certain things to help out with food and various other things for North Korea. And we'll be discussing different things inside. Again, the relationship is a much different relationship than it was two years ago. You remember what that was all about. And certainly uh, during the Obama administration, where nuclear weapons were being tested often, where rockets and missiles were being sent up, in many cases, over Japan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we uh, are in a much different situation right now. So we'll be discussing that very much, actually. Vultures. Uh, I know nothing about WikiLeaks. It's not my thing. And uh, I know there is something having to do with uh, Julian Assange. I've, I've been seeing what's happened with 
uh, Assange, and uh, that will be a determination, I would imagine, mostly by the Attorney General, who's doing an excellent job. So he'll be making a uh, determination. I know nothing really about him. It's not my, it's not my deal in life. I don't, I don't really have any opinion. I know the Attorney General uh, will be involved in that, and he'll make a decision. Okay. Mr. President, are you pleased that your attorney general yesterday said that there was spying into your campaign in 2016? Yes, I am. Um, I think what he said was uh, absolutely true. Uh, there was absolutely spying into my campaign. Uh, I'll go a step further. In my opinion, it was illegal spying, unprecedented spying, and something that should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And I think his answer was actually a very accurate one, and a lot of people saw that and a lot of people understand, many, many people understand the situation and want to be open to that situation. Hard to believe it could have happened, but it did. There was spying in my campaign, and his answer was a very accurate one. A third summit could happen, and it's step by step. It's not a fast process. I've never said it would be. It's step by step. I enjoy the summits. I enjoy being with the chairman. I think it's uh, been very productive, and it really is. It's a step by step. It's not going to go fast. I've been telling you that for a long time. If it goes fast, it's not going to be the proper deal. Is a freedom summit with the leaders of the Well, that could happen also. I, I think that would be largely dependent on Chairman Kim. Uh, because uh, President Moon will do what's necessary. I know President Moon has been fighting this battle for a long time. He's done an excellent job. I consider him a great ally. And uh, a lot of good things are happening. A lot of good things are happening in the world. Our economy is the best it's ever been. Our employment numbers, unemployment and employment, are the best they've ever been. We have more people working right now in the United States than we've ever had before, almost 160 million people. And likewise, South Korea is doing very well. Their economy is doing very well, and I think our trade deal has helped that process. So uh, we're sitting on uh, two great countries right now, and we're leading two great countries. And uh, we think that I can speak for myself, and I think I can speak for President Moon. We think that North Korea has tremendous potential and really potential under the leadership of Kim Jong-un. Let's see how it all works out. I don't want to comment on that, but we have a very good relationship. Mr. President, on the Mueller report, are you concerned that Barr said that he's not going to redact that report to protect your reputation? No, I'm not concerned about anything because, frankly, there was no collusion and there was no obstruction. And we never did anything wrong. The people that did something wrong were the other side. The dirty cops and a lot of the problems that were caused. It's a disgrace what happened. And again, it should never happen to a president again. You're just lucky I happen to be the president because a lot of other presidents would have reacted much differently than I reacted. You're very lucky I was the president during the scam, during the uh, Russian hoax, as I call it. So, no, I'm not concerned at all. Uh, the bottom line, the result is no collusion, no obstruction, and that's the way it is. And I know a lot of people were very disappointed, but they knew the real answer. You know, when the Democrats go behind the scenes and they go into a room backstage and they sit and they talk, they laugh because they know it's all a big scam, a big hoax. And uh, it's called politics, but this is dirty politics, and this is actually treason. It's a very bad thing that people have done. And I just hope that law enforcement uh, takes it up. 
because if they don't take it up, they're doing a great disservice to our country. Yes, go ahead, please. Are you thinking of long-term agreement no, we're talking about long-term, and we always talk about long-term. We want to have long-term. Our relationship with South Korea is extraordinary, and we only think in terms of long-term with South Korea. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We will discuss about recent modification in the complex and now how much do you support President, my President's push for economic construction, uh, which includes uh, the resumption of the joint inter-Korean industrial complex and perhaps even the... Uh, uh, well, at the right time, I would have great support. This isn't the right time. But at the right time, I'd have great support with North Korea. Great support. I think that uh, South Korea and I think Japan and I think that the U.S., I think a lot of countries will be helping. China, I really believe, will help. I think that Russia will help. I think a lot of countries will help. When the right deal is made and when the nuclear weapons are gone, I just think that North Korea has potential as great as anything I've ever seen in terms of potential. They have an unbelievable location surrounded by sea on two sides, and on the other side, Russia, China, and over here, South Korea. You just can't do better than that. And they have magnificent land. It has tremendous potential. Uh, so the question was, uh, if uh, North Korea actually submits a, a roadmap regarding complete denuclearization, uh, are you two, are the two presidents, will you be uh, uh, discussing this issue at the summit meeting today? Yes, we will. We will be discussing it. Certainly, that's a very prime topic for our meeting today, and we hope that's going to happen. Yes. Is your position still that sanctions should stay in place on North Korea until there is denuclearization, or are you willing to consider easing sanctions to keep the talks going? No, we want sanctions to remain in place, and frankly, I had the option of significantly increasing them. I didn't want to do that because of my relationship with Kim Jong-un. I did not want to do that. I didn't think it was necessary. As you know, a couple of weeks ago, I held it back. But I think that sanctions are uh, right now at a level that's a fair level. And I, I really believe something very significant is going to happen. We could always increase them, but I didn't want to do that at this time. Mr. President, would you accept a smaller deal to keep the process going, as President Moon called it? I'd have to see what the deal is. There are various smaller deals that maybe could happen. Things could happen. You can work out step-by-step -step pieces. But uh, at this moment, we're talking about the big deal. The big deal is we have to get rid of the nuclear weapons. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. capable of winning, and I guess you could say there are a lot more than that. They're great players. I don't think a field for the Masters has ever been this deep. I was watching uh, late last night, and they were going over the different players. I think the field has never been so deep, but always Phil and Tiger and Dustin. We, I mean, you have so many great players, but they were just saying uh, 
They're younger, they're stronger, they've never hit the ball this long, they've never hit the ball this accurately, they've never putted better than they do now. You know, the whole thing is pretty incredible, but the field is very, very deep. I think it's going to be a great Masters. I hope so. Thank you very much. Okay, so there was a lot obviously said on there, and I'll get, I'll get to that in a second. But I do want to say, uh, before I go to you, Clint, I do want to say that Trump will pardon Assange. I mean, if, if Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning, who was malicious about breaking the law and, and is beyond corrupt, but Julian Assange is only ever doing the right thing, Julian Assange is going to get pardoned. That's a given. Uh, Clint, go ahead. Well, I think he will as well. Uh, and we listened to a rather lengthy clip there. He talked about a bunch of different things. Uh, yeah. As some one of your as one of your prior guests mentioned, I and I couldn't tell by the voice which which of your great guests brought this up, but Assange has never done anything but report the truth. Uh, there's yeah. been it's interesting. He was uh, uh, criticized so broadly for for exposing some of these things. Yet he's the only guy out there, as we find out two years later has been uh, really true. The rest of these things are, are uh, investigations in search of a crime that never took place. Uh, Assange simply reported what he was able to, uh, to pick off of, uh, off of uh, communications uh, and, uh, and, and communi- with emails and so forth. And, and the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, we, Sessions was mentioned in there somewhere who is the biggest disappointment I've ever seen in the public servant. In a Republican administration, which is weird, right, Clint? Because he was a pretty conservative senator. So weird how he just he just shut down when he became attorney general. Yeah, he's a he was a fine senator. I wish he'd stayed in Alabama. We would not have lost that seat and had an idiot named Jones uh, from the Democratic Party uh, sitting on it now, saying nothing. Um, That was a but but of course Sessions was the first senator to endorse uh, Donald Trump in 2016. Um, bottom line on it is that the biggest thing I got out of that discussion with the president was his, his, his take on foreign affairs and on building relationships and on the way he has tremendously changed uh, the relationship with North Korea and with South it's Korea. It's unbelievable. Did, did you ever and, think uh, that yeah. you would see a president sitting down with Kim Jong-un twice? Not just once. But twice, this is unbelievable. Well, he realizes that this is more than just you show up in Air Force One and and and, and you have a nice dinner and, and then you fly out and assume everything is whatever. He understands it's hard work because he's put real estate deals and other deals together. These are things that take multiple meetings. Uh, they Talking they take like a, a tremendous amount of trust building. Uh, and I mean, for Obama and Clinton and, and George W. Bush, those three little boys that we had in office for 24 years. Um, we finally got a man in the job. It's taken a long time. Um, the Clintons sold those secrets, by the way, to the Koreans and the Chinese. And I happen to know that because I was with Johnny Wong and Charlie Tree back in the early 90s when they were bitching about the Clintons not honoring their agreements to pay them off the way they were supposed to. Uh, I've had kind of an interesting life, and that was one chapter in it took place about 1996, 1997. And we had all of the, the, the technology to do missile defense all the way back to the Reagan administration. Uh, we had, uh, but we had, among other things, a guy by the name of Bill, and he was governor of Arizona. I can't think of this jerk's last name. He's a Democrat who uh, was, um, was Clinton's energy secretary. What was his name? Hispanic guy. Uh, 
and he also ran Los Alamos National Laboratories, which were, if you guys remember, were penetrated strongly by the Red Chinese all the way back to the mid to late 1990s. We lost so many secrets uh, that were used to help the North Koreans develop these rockets. Okay, the Clintons were just a, a vending machine. You put a quarter in, you get a quarter's worth out. You know, <laughs> nothing, you know. I, I mean, obviously we're dealing with a lot more money than that, but they sold us out. Obama knew about it. We made no progress on anything. One of Obama's first acts as president of the United States was to sell out Poland, the Czech Republic, Slovenia, Hungary, and and those countries, Latvia, Estonia, uh, et cetera. We sold them all out. We sold the missile defense program. We got nothing in return. And so Donald Trump has taken a remarkable turn in foreign policy and uh, but I got to get, I, you know, one of the things that's interesting there in that whole conversation, which took about 12 minutes, um, I might have missed it, but I didn't hear one question or one one comment about the border in that entire time. Did anybody else note that or uh, are we? No, there wasn't. Oh. There wasn't. It was just that was, you know, the reason I played it, it he, uh, he he was kind of. I mean, that was the only clip of him today, and it was kind of long, and it was very insightful. But nothing about the border, sad, you know, sadly. Crazy. I, th- I thought he would. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to hear what your other guests have to say about that. I, You know, I'm just astonished by, uh, you know, people I've talked to uh, in California who are longtime friends of mine and, and uh, used to be conservatives. And, of course, we know what an absolute disaster California has become. Politically yep. and culturally, third world country. Uh, it, it really is, and uh, I have my family out there and many, many friends. It breaks my heart. I'm going out there next in about two weeks, uh, but I, but I look at that whole situation, and even conservative people are being affected by this constant beat of propaganda, and they're saying, "Oh my God, if we if we if we uh, you know uh, control the border." we're going to lose out on all of this labor and all of the benefits that California has come to uh, depend upon for its economy. And they're still not getting the fact that uh, their very lives and the lives of their children and grandchildren are very much at risk. Now it's the world has changed and I'd like to hear somebody else's comment on that, but I wonder if that's also true across the, the bottom of this country in Arizona, Mexico, and Texas if people's attitudes are saying, gee, maybe these liberals are right. Maybe we, maybe we don't need a wall. I will say this, Clint. Uh, I loved everything you said. You're absolutely right on everything. And I also want to say a, a great point you brought up. Um, you know, and I, I've said this many times. You know, the way Trump goes into these meetings, like, for example, with Kim Jong-un and all these different leaders, he goes in there with a business mindset. He goes in there with a CEO mentality. He uses and utilizes all of his talents throughout the years of great negotiating skills. Don't forget, there's a reason why they call him one of the greatest business negotiators to ever live, because uh, he makes magic happen. I mean, the way he can get people into a room and together and and get them on his side is unbelievable this guy is is something straight you know what and i've said it many times and i'll keep saying it this guy is more than just a human this guy is something straight out of the bible this guy is something miraculous this and you can't even put the word no human can do what he can do and if you find if you find me somebody that says they can do what he can do i'll show you how how that person's a liar Nobody can do what he can do. This guy's unbelievable. 
this guy is, you know, it's, it's just, it's incredible. Every day it's Christmas. I wake up, I'm happy. It's like, it's, it's the best day ever. Cause he, I can't wait to see what he says next. I can't wait to see what he does next. I love all his policy making. I love his uh, personality. I love how he takes no bullshit from anybody. It's the best of the best. I mean, there's not, and I, and I'm going to say this and you know, people may disagree, but I think a lot of people will agree. It's like, this guy is flawless. This guy is flawless, man. This guy is Wow. Even his hair looks better. Yeah. I mean, this guy, I mean, there's a reason why he has gold hair, man. He, he's, he's, he's the gold, man. He's fine wine. Uh, Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm getting a kick. This is really entertaining. I'm loving what Trump is doing. I mean, number one, uh, did you read the article that came out? Uh, they were discussing, it came out today. Um, showing that the White House was actually considering, you know, all these uh, illegal aliens that they have? And they were talking about now because the, the court said, well, you have to release them and while well, they're waiting for their court appearance and everything else. So the White House was actually thinking about releasing them into cities that were sanctuary cities to teach them a lesson, yeah. like San Francisco and all the rest. And go ahead. You guys wanted to be a sanctuary city? You know what? Truck them all up there and dump them off in these cities. And then there was even talk about sending some of them to Hawaii. Remember, and they said, How, why would they do that? Because remember, they were pushing all the liberal agendas and everything else. Then you're welcome to them. Go ahead, pay for it. Let's see for it. Let, let's see if, how much you like it. I thought that was hysterical. They tabled the uh, idea. It's not going to happen, unfortunately. I would have loved to have seen that. But uh, right. one other thing that Trump did, this thing with Assange now, um, I find it very, very interesting that as of April 1st, we were hearing that Trump said outright that he's going to cut off a lot of funding to these countries down there, Guatemala, El Salvador, Ecuador. He was going to cut off the money, the millions that we've been giving them. And now all of a sudden, Ecuador changes its mind and says, uh, you know what, here, you can have them. Now, I wonder what's going on there. What type of deal was cut? They want that money. So all of a sudden, they're being real friendly. There's behind-the-scenes stuff going on with this. For them to change their mind, I think it's historical. He's a businessman. These people are out of their league. They don't know who they're working, who they're playing against. So it's interesting to watch. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's go to Maria in Oregon. You have a question. Go ahead. Hi, Rory. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We can hear you. Hi. Yes, I was going to say that um, when Trump said that about Julian Assange, that it's not his thing, I just think he was not showing his hand, and um, like he never hits a person, he never hits you from the front. It's always from the back, and you know he he didn't mean it. He didn't mean it, obviously. Um, he just he's just not giving them the glory of having um, you know a distraction from his big victory. Right, I, I think you make a great point. Absolutely, um, Daryl. Trump is Darryl. the son of a carpenter, like oh, yeah. you were saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Trump is the son of a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Absolutely. Um, Daryl, go ahead. Brother, you a moment ago, you were reminding me of uh, the Mooch press conference. You remember when he's up there, he's talking about Trump. You know, women want yeah. him, men want to be him, shooting threes with his <laughs> eyes closed. And, uh, yeah, you know, on the Julian Assange stuff, I mean, I, I, I sort of have mixed feelings on it. I think it's – 
a little bit complicated. Do you agree in some way, uh, though? Yeah. Or do I sound crazy when I think this was all no. set up behind closed doors? Oh, there, there's certainly there's certainly politics at work here, and and it's definitely interesting the timing of all of this. You know, at the same time, uh, I'm not I'm not on board with you know giving the guy a medal of honor per se. You know, national security, classified information. This is serious stuff. Uh, but we do have an interesting dynamic because with the deep state, what we're seeing now is that the government has been weaponized against the American people. So that sort of traditional paradigm, it, the, the lines are beginning to blur a little bit. And, and certainly we see with Assange that he does tend to have some, some positive uh, nationalistic tendencies, but he is also still a bit of a wild card. Uh, so I think we, we sort of I, I sort of want to check myself from getting too overly supportive of him just because he seems to be perhaps more in line with us politically. I think that those concerns about classified information is, is definitely not something to, to overlook. But again, the times are, are so bizarre, and we do have this nonviolent uh, civil war that so many of your guests have already alluded to, and we have so many concerns about our Pentagon and our government and its intentions that uh, it, it certainly, it certainly uh, is cause for pause. And and in terms of the situation with North Korea, uh, I'll echo the sentiments of your other guests that have uh, tremendous admiration for what he's been able to do with that situation. Uh, on the one hand, you know, the president of the United States in an ideal situation would not have to be sitting at the table with someone like Kim Jong-un. I mean, having, having a meeting with right. Kim Jong-un is not really something to be excited about. The reality is, right. is that Trump inherited a disaster – and, yep. you know, it, that is a situation that he has now had to come to the table because, you know, this little guy has the goods now. So we don't have a choice but to ignore him. So based on what he's walked into, he's got a very volatile situation with a guy that has substantial leverage. And Trump is, is navigating it in a, a very impressive manner. So I applaud him for doing that. And, again, your great uh, the great Clint Bellows alluded to the concerns on the border, which – uh, this is an opportunity now that this is being overlooked, and that crisis is continuing. Uh, certainly, we can, we can talk for, for hours on end about the, the threats to this nation, the demographic and cultural shifts, and the trajectory mm-hmm. of the nation that, that's being pushed in this direction by the left. And, and we, we certainly need to uh, stay on point there and, and, and keep the conversation there so that we don't lose track of that in, in the midst of these other things going on. I liked hearing the word treason coming out of Trump's mouth. As you know, I feel that the entire leftist apparatus, outside of these very particular crimes pertaining to this very particular incident, but we have a a situation, as I've said many times before, where the entire Democratic Party, when you look at Article 3, they are actively engaged in treason, okay? And and not only are they actively engaged in it, but the academic elites and the media elites. And all of the people of prominence that are pushing this agenda, they are engaged in, in, in such a widespread form of treason. And, of course, the issue is, is that the treason is, is basically supported by 50 percent of the country. So it's a very tough situation to tackle. But I think that using the word treason is very important, and I, and I encourage him and others to continue doing more so and, and really, really looking to put the screws to these people with, with whatever opportunity we have. Wow. Very well said. Very well said. Um, I do want to go to a quick commercial, and we'll be right back with our guest, uh, Joe Kuklis. We'll be right back. Um, See you in a second, everybody. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the south? 
Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country. For savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. That's right. Talk to your doctor today about Chantix, and congratulations to Ray Liotta for quitting smoking on Chantix. Um, I do want to welcome everybody back to the show. Uh, the Rory Sauter Show, we are listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any of our past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our website, thenexgenusa.com. I do want to welcome a uh, very popular guy, our guest, uh, doing great things right now, successful businessman, political consultant, activist, lobbyist, best-selling author, and CEO of Wellington Strategies, Joe Kuklitz. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Rory. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you here. I loved having you on. I, I think it was about a month ago, maybe like close to that. Um, but, man, there's a lot going on. Obviously, you've been listening a little bit. What are, you, what are your thoughts on everything that uh, transpired today with Assange? Well, you know, it's a it was a busy day, uh, and I, you know, was very busy. To, man. Uh, it really yeah, was. Yeah, a number of your guests beforehand, and uh, you know, I think that uh, you know the the jury's still out on how this thing happened. I think we're going to learn more over the next few weeks. I think a few of your guests sort of hinted at the fact that there may have been some activity behind the scenes here, but there's a lot of interest in this guy. I mean, Sweden's got an interest, the Brits have an interest, we have an interest. Uh, and I think that uh, some of your guests sort of hinting at the fact that, uh, you know, maybe some of the uh, the subsidies that were headed to some of these um, Central American countries that may be in jeopardy uh, may have played a, played a role in that. And I think we'll learn a little bit more as as the, the fog of war kind of lifts on this battlefield today. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. Very well said. And, you know, I, I want to ask you. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, you're very, you know, connected in D.C. You you want you uh, are in charge of a, a very reputable and, and, and notable uh, firm and company. What are your thoughts on this whole Spygate thing? I mean, doesn't this make Richard Nixon scenario look like chopped liver? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's a that's a fun way of putting it. I mean, it's 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 strange because the the, the script is completely flipped now. Uh, and you know, two years and nearly forty million dollars of of investigation on the Trump administration and this 
supposed collusion and the, the Democrats and in particular the, the far left Democrats just can't give it up. Uh, and to hear, uh, you know, Barr and some of the other folks, uh, you know, today uh, and some of those yesterday commenting on, on all the news shows, not just the pundit shows, but the news shows talking about how the use of the word spy and the use of the word unauthorized surveillance and, you know, the need for a predicate to do what they did sort of hinting at the fact and almost kind of leaking that, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to take this you know one step deeper. I'm going to take a look at it and we're going to really, really see what happens. I think really it rocked everybody's world. I don't think they were expecting those words uh, in front of Congress. And I think over the next few weeks, you know, regardless of redacted versions of this and, you know, releases of that, I think that the fact that there will be, it looks like not maybe, but will be, uh, and yet more investigations this time on the other team, you know, this time on how this went down. And uh, I heard some of your guests prior to my, uh, uh, my arrival on the show, you know, talking about, um, you know, the words like treason and things like that. And, and I mean, like I said before, the jury's out. I mean, we don't know what we don't know at this point, but we'll find that out uh, in the next couple of weeks and months as this kind of rolls out. But it's, you know, it's, there's, I think, you know, the, there's a breath of fresh air for some, and others got their air let out of their balloon uh, this week. And you can see them fighting back and trying to discredit a guy who, you know, has, has served this country well and before was passed unanimously when he was, uh, when he was approved for this job under a different administration, uh, and now coming back who had been unassailable uh, in the past is now all of a sudden an agent of the president or, <laughs> you know, is, is doing something to uh, – um, you know, uh, you know, the, the, he's acting to defend the president, not the country. And, you know, it's it's strange how that works out sometimes. And now they don't won't believe anything, and until Bob Mueller speaks in front of them. And, uh, so it's it, it's it's this two two year thing that looks like it'll go on. I mean, it's just that hashtag resist movement that will just not give up uh, the ship here. And and um, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I'll tell you what drives me crazy is the fact that the left is in so, so much denial about it. They take no accountability. They say, oh, the Trump administration are just making up tall tales. Like, it's just like the, the way they play the victim stance and the way they act like their shit don't stink, it's pathetic, Joe. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, it, it's, they never can be wrong. And, you know, that's not how they feel. And, they, you know, it's, it, it goes back even to the Kavanaugh stuff where it was like, I believe her, you know, meanwhile, when it happens to Joe Biden, you know, well, you know, I've known Joe for 20 years. He couldn't be that guy. Well, we had, a, again, someone who was an incredible candidate for a Supreme Court just get hammered uh, on, on things just because they felt bad. And we have to believe her. And, and if it's not him, it's happened somewhere else. And we saw that with. Smollett. It was like, well, it's not that it didn't didn't really happen. It's the fact that he brought light to things that are happening, even though that's, you know, not what it's all about. I mean, the guy clearly made up uh, the assault and things like that. And I think the same thing's happening here. Is that, like they they are gunning for this president. They refuse to let it go. They've got, you know, they're you know more than a toehold. And now they've got leadership in in the uh, you know in the in the U.S. House, and they're going to use that. Uh, over the next couple of years to you know try to bring this guy down and uh, whether it's Barr or whatever comes from Barr's investigations I'm sure that'll be tainted 
you know, I'm sure they're not going to, you know, going to believe anything that comes from those redacted versions. And if there's one word redacted, they're going to say that's that he's protecting the president with that. And it's just, uh, it's unfortunate we're going to have to live through it. And that's just the political theater of the day. You know, I, I think these guys are, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, nothing, nothing that we say will be taken seriously. It's always about what they feel and, uh, you know, and, and this hashtag resist movement has been going on, or this never Trump movement that's been going on for the last two years. It's a terrible epidemic. It reminds me of a bad law firm. Uh, Bill, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, it's like you just said, it, it depends really on how everything plays out. But let's assume for a second that, and and I think there's a lot of reason to believe that, there's a lot of guilty people of a lot of guilty crimes, and I think this is going to go bigger than what is expected. So you, they, they don't have any options but to, to keep going after him. It, it's a, it's, a, you know, it's a, a battle to the death type situation for them because if, if it's as, as vast as it looks like and, and what we believe it is to be, you're talking about major people throughout the government that, that can be charged with conspiracy and, you know, even all the way down to analysts that, are, that were, you know, trying to pull things out of the State Department. And, and you know, so I think that, that they're in their dying gaps. And I think that, that this self-mutilation by alienating white males and, and this gender politics is, is slowly bleeding off a population, a portion of the population, voting population, that just there is nothing to side with. You, only a certain, a small amount of people are going to side with being hateful and vitriol, and that's it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, very well said. Um, Clint, go ahead, Clint. Well, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, I think the, the previous speaker was right on. I wonder how many people are being affected by this. And I'm talking about people that are 15 to 30 years old. Um, Trump did not do well in that demographic, gentlemen and ladies. We have to admit that. He, he had a very Unfortunately, weak showing. But I do think, Clint, I do think he's gained a lot in that category in the last couple of years since he's been elected, for sure. What do you, what do you base that on? I just see a lot more youth coming out and supporting him at his rallies and different events. I could be wrong, but I've said many times I think he's going to get way more votes than he did in 2016, and that's not even a comp- comparison. And I think there are – I'm not going to say a, a, a – I won't even say a significant amount of young people, but I think there are a lot more than what there were you know, before he got elected, if that makes sense. And there are so many insults out there against uh, those of us who are part of the Trump train. And I've been on since 2013. I actually got interested in Trump, not from reading his books, although I did, not from trying to do real estate deals, although I tried Twitter? to do a couple with him in L.A. Pardon me, what now? Did you say, I you thought you were going to say Twitter saying? maybe, but I was guessing. No, no, no. I, but, but what I was saying was, was uh, I got to be a member of the Trump train. I was watching a Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump that took place six years ago, and I saw that. In the in the paper or something that it was going to be on, so I watched it, and I watched all the people just ridicule this guy. He could never do it. I also watched people at the White House press corps dinner when Obama got up and took cheap shots at Donald Trump for 15 minutes when he was in the office in, in the audience about uh, Obama and where he was born, the whole birth movement, birther so-called issue. 
And all, all Trump could do was sit there and take it. And it, according to people I know around him, that's the night he decided to run for president. Okay. And, uh, and, and so he has been uh, single-mindedly focused on what he's doing. As a couple of the other guests have said, he's amazing. I had Dennis Prager with me a couple of years ago and a uh, year and almost two years ago now, he thought that the God literally to, to get into that again with you, Rory, um, yep. had uh, brought this man as kind of, kind of the latter day Paul of the 21st century, uh, a rather unlikely a servant to, to lead us out of, you know, uh, out of the mess we're in. And, uh, he, and the, the great thing about this guy, and I know I'm saying things that all of your listeners, all of your audience and your, your contributors and guests tonight know, he really doesn't care what they think, okay? He's going to do what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, his, his popularity grows because people see, at least this is my opinion, that he is authentic. They may not agree with everything he does. I don't like him tweeting so much quite frankly i know a number of you disagree with me on that i think he damages himself from time to time with that but and i know a lot of people have been in and out in the door but you know if they don't agree with where he's going they're gone and that happened to uh kirsten nielsen at uh, homeland security last week didn't it and uh, would anybody else like to contribute on her demise i mean i thought she was pretty impressive in her uh, appearances before congressional and senate committees but she wanted to kind of backstep on, on the wall and on some other things, according to the people I've talked to. And Trump says, we ain't doing that. We're continuing to push forward. Am I right about that, uh, folks, or am I misreading that? You're spot um, on, brother. Yep, you are. Yeah, yeah you're, absolutely. You're she, was, she, was more, she was more directed at, at the care and, and take of the, the immigrants coming here than it was to stop them. Unfortunately, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, and Clint, you know, you bring up you bring up a fantastic point, and I want to get into the whole religious aspect again about uh, Trump's Trump's presence with us. I think it's very important to point something out, and, and you know, there may be a few people that don't agree. I think there'll be a lot of people that do agree, though. So look, let's compare something real quick. You know, the the reason I compare, you know, label Trump as a, a biblical figure, something straight out of the Bible, is because look at what Jesus, let's give an example, though. Look at what Jesus did. He took abuse constantly. He, he, he took it constantly from other people. And look at what Trump's doing constantly. And, and look at what Jesus died for our sins. Trump it, Trump's not dying for our sins, but look at how much stuff that he defends us on and that they go after. I mean, let's face the fact. They're after us. Trump is just in the way. I saw a meme that said that the other day, and it's, it's perfectly right. Trump is in the way trying to save us all, and these people are coming after us, our government. But think about what Trump is putting himself in, into, leading his billionaire lifestyle in a, in a strong way, sacrificing his life, because he says whatever, whatever on his mind, and you never know if there's some crazy man out there, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm not going to even go down that route because I'm not – it's just crazy. It's just crazy to even talk like that because I don't, I don't even want to think about it. But it's like this guy is putting so much on the line, and it's like he's risking his own life and his own, and his own family's life. I mean, this is unbelievable. Think about the attacks on him. Think about the hatred towards him. Think about the constant abuse that he takes 24-7. No president has, ever, has even came close 
to experiencing this kind of abuse and this kind of hatred. Do you agree in some ways, Clint? Do I make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Here's the here's the first guy in my lifetime with the pot. Well, no, that's not true either. Uh, he doesn't need the job. Okay, he he is uh, he had a perfectly uh, wonderful existence before this. Why is yeah. it, why is it the JFK is? Uh, and I know it's because he got his brains blown out in the back of a car in Dallas. But why is he so admired uh, by the American people? Here was a guy that was had 150 million in uh, adjusted income when he was born from his old man, never worked a day in his life. I will give him credit for PT-109, even though he wasn't a particularly good navigator, apparently. He he showed courage afterward. He did stand up to the Russians, but he stood up to them only after he created the situation that put him in the position he's in, okay? Mm -hmm. He played around with women. His wife played around with other guys. I think she's more interesting than he is. But Trump does the same the, the same stuff, and he gets crucified for it. Kennedy's kind of admired for it, okay? And this guy does not need the job. He's This isn't the biggest paycheck he's ever cashed. Like JFK, he's given, I believe, all of his money and his salary to charities, not taking a dime from the government, okay? JFK did the same thing. I admire him for that. You could bet your bottom dollar Obama never gave a penny to anybody he didn't have to, Okay. And, uh, and, and maybe, the, it, uh, maybe Larry Sinclair, the guy that gave him head in the backseat of his limo. Remember the fat guy with the glasses? <laughs> well, you know, you want to go down the whole birther thing, and I could take you way down that <laughs> trail. And I've been with some, and, and I still don't think the guy was born in this country, okay? I'm, I'm Me sorry. neither. Me neither. I, Kenyan know. baby. He's a Kenyan baby. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I mean, you cannot get his. Everybody wants Trump's tax returns, and, and, and anybody that's been in real estate development, and, and Trump has been in as much as anybody in the country, maybe in its history, knows that your tax returns on that are – they're like a, a truckload full of paper, okay, because every, every partnership he's in, and he's in hundreds of them, they're all different companies. They're all different tax returns. It's, it's, it, you know, I don't think the IRS is even capable of figuring it out. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you bring these guys in, you look at Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, they never made a plug nickel in their life before they came to the White House, okay? Uh, Obama had his house paid for by a guy named Resnick, all right, in Chicago. Uh, Bill Clinton and, and Hillary never owned a house until they got out of the White House. They were never a homeowner, okay? Neither were the Obamas, all right? I mean, you got to look at that and say, gee, um, achievement means something. With all due respect to W, he's a sycophant from his old man. I, I mean, uh, and I and I was an advanced guy and worked for George W. Bush, George H. W. And uh, when he was vice president in the early to mid '80s, I was with him all the time. And uh, I can tell you that um, you know he was he was an internationalist, a globalist. We, the last president we had that was a nationalist in this country was Ronald Reagan. Anybody want to comment on that? I mean, you know, the last the three guys between Reagan and Trump uh, weren't primarily interested in this country or in its middle class. And that, yep. to use a Tory, uh, Corey term, pisses me off. Yeah. Look, yeah, Clint, no, this I is Joe. You. I mean, to your point, I mean, I, I think we may have a president here that just like Reagan will not be appreciated until after he's gone. Uh, you, know, you know, Reagan, for, for what it's worth, um, had a real difficult time with the press. Uh, and in part, it was because he was effective with what he was doing. 
And I think Trump is that times 10. I mean, we're, you're getting to a point where, you know, there's the, the press is no longer trying to hide a level of neutrality and objectivism. Uh, they just go after him. I mean, the, the shows that you watch on a daily basis and in things that have happened, even if you rewind the clock and listen to what they've said, you know, there's no crisis at the border. And now they're finally coming around to saying, well, yeah, we guess there's a crisis at the border. Well, why were you reporting that? And I use the term reporting loosely uh, in the first place. Uh, you know, if you go down to the, the border and, and listen to, to the folks on both sides of the aisle, including, you know, Jay Johnson, who is a member of the Obama team saying, yeah, this is a crisis. Eventually they're right. going to have to break down because the truth will out. Uh, and I think the people will appreciate what he's done, not just on the issue of building a wall and immigration, but if you go back and look at things they didn't give him credit for too, about, Oh, if we have a tax cut, it's going to be really, really bad. And look at the economy and look at the employment numbers and the job numbers within various categories uh, including, you know, African-American uh, employment, women employment, Hispanic employment, um, you know, and, and I think that's those kind of things eventually people, you know, get, you know, they, they see and hear through the propaganda uh, and, it, and it bakes itself through, but, you know, it may not be until after the fact, and we're getting some of that, you know, some of the, the you know, the slings and arrows that you guys are talking about that he is suffering, we're, we're now seeing through, uh, and there's going to be the benefit of that, and and I, you know, uh, you know, I right now, I mean, the, the people that he's talking to, they're not. They're talking to Hollywood. They're talking to New York. They're talking to Chicago. Uh, they're not talking to places in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin yet again. Uh, and it's those folks that will come out. You know, I, I use my mother as sort of a, uh, you know, a test bed for. De- I used to be able to use her for a test bed for Democratic politics. She was a, a blue dog Democrat. You know, she was a you know Catholic, you know, pro gun pro-life, low-tax, union Democrat, and that used to be the standard, uh, and now it's not. You know, now she's, you know, and, and she's from Pittsburgh, right? She's got somebody that is, you know, that, uh, you know, has come across the aisle and last time voted. Her first time in her 73 years, she had a chance to vote for a woman president, and I think, Rory, you said it a little earlier, you know, it, it was a trust factor. You know, he speaks plainly. Sometimes he doesn't speak presidentially. Some, but people get him, and they realize that it's there's, real. there's a level it's so authentic. You know, of like, honesty, you know, right? Yeah, you know, where Clinton wasn't. <laughs> you know, I think the same thing with some of these other, you know, guys and, and gals this week that are talking about things that just don't identify with the average American, like reparations. We're going to now oh, going to have a man. reparations commission, uh, or you know, we want to talk about I was free even... college, and it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, and the way they put these people in a box, Joe. And I was even talking about the reparations situation. I mean, that's racist. You're putting blacks in a box, and you're generalizing how you think they feel and what you think they deserve. There's a lot of blacks that are ashamed by this, and I don't blame them. I mean, the liberal policies, like I've said many times, obviously it's a, li- it's a little more subtle than, on- than being physically unchained, but it's pretty much the same system as it was in the plantation days when the KKK originated, all this stuff. I mean, it's it really is no different. I mean, these people, the way they put people in boxes and generalize, it's unbelievable. Um, I do yeah, want to go to the identity politics of today, right? Oh, you're absolutely right, Joe. You're absolutely right. Uh, Kevin, go ahead, Kevin. Uh, thank you. Well, uh, going back to the Mueller report, I mean, it's the same kind of topic that uh, I really talk about all the time. And we know very well, it's very predictable that they want to keep this going until 
uh, Trump's election and, and all the way through. And that's just uh, part of their, their game to try to delegitimize him and try to get the public to be against him. And it's kind of ridiculous at this point with all the uh, proof that's out that he's not colluding or not doing any of these things that they say that he's doing that uh, we're not uh, taking these people down. I mean, we seem to have plenty of time to uh, take down Assange from a uh, Ecuadorian embassy in the UK, and he's not even an American citizen. And that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but we're not going after like the, the true crooks within our own country. I mean, uh, I would say that another major problem is that um, just the, the the border, as Clint said. I mean, we need to be talking about getting our country's security in order. Um, but we're talking more about economic issues. And the economy is great and all, but, uh, I mean, this kind of sounds to me like a lot of the Bush talking points. It was all about the economy and it was about foreign intervention. And what's going on right now is we're uh, threatening war with Iran. Um, that really has nothing to do with us. And we're, we invaded Syria still. We're in Syria. That has nothing to do with us. And, uh, oh, yeah, we put sanctions on North Korea. Um, why do we need to, to intervene with, with them right now? I, I was kind of hoping we'd have have peace with them. Uh, I think it's really concerning that there's uh, a few things that Trump is not following through with his campaign promises, and he keeps electing these Bush-era uh, kind of swamp monsters, I would say. And every time that Trump doesn't get his way, his campaign promises, he, he blames these other people. Well, I mean, Trump, you, you appointed these people. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, there's, there's better options. Uh, it, it's really concerning that there's not any proactive real action taking place against, um, you know, to fix all these campaign promises. Is, is anyone able to uh, chime in as to uh, why this might be happening? Give us a sec. Give us a second. I, I wanna I wanna take a quick commercial and we will come right back. Um, I was supposed to take one five minutes ago, but let me take a quick commercial. We'll be right back and we'll give people thoughts. And when we come back, I'll go to Mike Peters in New York. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. Rory Sodder Show. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, getyourappbuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. 
If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back to the Rory Sodder Show. Listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any episodes, past clips, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit our new media site, TheNexGenUSA.com. Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. Well, I'd like to take a different angle and, and, uh, and address your, uh, your guest, Joe. Uh, Joe, um, I wish Wellington Strategies all the best. And uh, this is coming from a, I'm a government contractor, and I've got a whole different view, a completely different view than what most people have because we battled A70, them getting rid of A76, uh, which is a White House circular, guys, from back with Obama and Schumer and all the rest of them. Suspended it, and A76, from what I understand, is still suspended, unfortunately, which uh, I'm, I'm dead against. We should correct it, fix it, and put it back in place. But Obama really did a number on us as a small, uh, small contractors, and that's still all my wife and I do, is work doing government contracts. But we feed military, and I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for the soldiers, I would regret that I ever got involved in government contracting because of the amount of fraud and the I could go on. But anyways, it's, it's bad. And I've seen a change with, with Trump. I've seen a change. Some work is coming back because that bullshit with, uh, with Obama and Hillary when they said, you didn't do that, you didn't make that. And I got into an argument with one politician. I said, explain to me how uh, Mr. Morris, uh, Robert Morris, you're telling me the government did everything. It was without a small businessman that loaned the first $10,000 to, Cong- to Washington to be able to pay the troops and then co-signed on his own name, issued, what was it, $1.5 million in paper and loans uh, to be able to support uh, the Continental Army and Congress? Without a small businessman, you wouldn't exist. You didn't build that. It was the small businessman that built this and helped build America. So, I, I mean, by dealing with Obama almost put us out of business, a small contract, small business. Uh, he did a, really did a number on us, I'll tell you. Look at me, I'm, I'm even babbling. I mean, I, we went through hell. We went through hell. So, I, as I said, I, I see a change, and I hope that your agency can do more, your, you know, your office can do more to support small business and, and fix the contracting system because it's still messed up. I mean, there's a lot of things that were put in play put in, uh, that have been working in the machine that Trump hasn't been able to get to to repair and contracting is one of them. It's really bad. Yeah. Well, to your, to your point, Mike, they're, you know, they're, they're doing business with the government has gotten better over the years. And then sometimes it's gotten worse. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just depends on who you have in the, in the white house and the appointees to places like the general services administration and the GSA and their, their, you know, the, the scheduling, uh, that happens so that you could get on those lists for, uh, for for to be a vendor and or you know the small business list, um, you know it's sometimes hard to go through that. I mean that process I've been through for my clients a number of times, and the 
average time it takes back to get on the vendor list, literally just to get on the list is six months. And that's if you have right. a clean submission, that meaning they don't come back and, and push back and say, well, you have to change this and we want to see best price on that and learn a little bit more about past performance. And I've seen it go over a year in some cases. So it's a marketplace whose checks don't bounce unless, or at least it, they haven't bounced uh, in the past, um, you know, and, and so folks like to get into it. You know, and there are some advantages for small businesses, but it, like you said, I mean, it, it just depends on who's in office. And, and this guy, for all the accomplishments he's had, everyone forgets he's only really been in office for two years. And he's been fighting right. Republicans as much as he has Democrats. And uh, some of the appointees he wants to get often have been delayed, if not stalled, uh, yeah. you know, to, to lead some of these departments and agencies, GSA also among them. And uh, you know, GSA is not the, the only clearinghouse the government has. The Defense Department has its own, and Homeland Security has its own. And, you know, they, uh, right. you know, it's, it's, it, it's, but there's very little oversight. He's, he's, yeah, you know, he's, there's very, he's there's very little American oversight. Innovation. Go ahead, yep. sir. But the USPFO, we deal mostly with the USPFO. And I'll tell you what, they can rewrite the laws and interpret them the way they want to fit their needs and suit what they need for today. And it's, a, it's nothing but a game. So whenever they give you outlines or something else, and then, uh, I mean, we can go, it's very interesting. Contracting is very interesting, but the government is, yep. there's a lot of fraud that goes on in it. There's a, a lot. Right. Of, I mean, at one point, 2009, I complained about outright fraud in a contract that I put in, uh, I put in a bid for, and we were outbid by somebody who got the contract for 10,000 more than what we did. Wait yep. a minute, it's supposed to be lowest bidder. And this guy has been kicked off the post for poisoning soldiers. And I called the GAO. I called the head. I called this guy Needham, who was the head of. He was one of the uh, key people down there for contracting acquisitions for the GAO. And he he told me I had a long conversation with him. He said, "You're absolutely right. I want you to call Schumer." I called Schumer's office, spoke with his people twice, met with them. Within a week and a half, I had agents at my door. They audited me. <laughs> you had to work for the opposite direction. This is 2009. So. The system is definitely broken. So when, when you say people are bitter about what's happened and everything else, I'd like nothing better than to see Trump walking through those corridors with a baseball bat. That's what I'd like to see. We do. Well, you got to move on, Mike. Um, I do want to. Get, right. Anyways, uh, thank you. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Maria in Oregon, go ahead. You have a question? Hi. Yes. I was just wondering um, what you guys thought of um, uh Pamela Anderson, uh, she came out and she said she was defending Julian Assange, and she said that uh, the UK is America's bitch. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't really have any thoughts on that. Uh, Daryl, Mike, Daryl, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, I don't condone uh, language like that in a, a meaningful political discussion. I don't think that that's particularly helpful, and of end of interest, really. Um, uh, in terms of, of Trump and, and the topic raised about uh, Christ, and I think you, you opened this segment by by saying that I think I think what you, you you were saying is that you see the light of Christ reflected in him, and and I think that that's certainly true. I think that uh, Trump is a testimony to uh, what what the power of of transformation that can occur when when a, a deeply flawed man, as we all are. Uh, make ourselves available to that higher power through a sense of humility and servitude and a, and an earnest desire to be of use. 
And I think that we've seen some, some really remarkable things. Uh, I, I, this election, this election was a stay of execution. And, and it is very clear that the divine hand was at work. Now where, where I'm, a little bit different. I think that a lot of Trump supporters have this idea that Trump was always going to win and, you know, the polls that showed him down nine points, 10 points, that this was just fabrications. And, uh, you know, I don't actually really hold that view. And I, and I don't actually think that that makes the election any less impressive, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm very big on analytics and I, I actually follow the polling, you know, very heavily, especially when we get into those election seasons. And what I saw, you know, on this cycle was that you had an ebb and flow where, you know, Trump basically at his low point was down as low as 10 points, and then he would go up as high to being almost tied with Hillary Clinton. And I think that if you had had this election on seven different months uh, or, or seven different days, Hillary might have won six times, as deeply flawed as she is. Uh, but the ebb and flow and the way that things were going, and I remember that final week I was looking at it. We had the, you know, the Comey letter surfaced, and they had sort of – they had lost their steam on the, the Trump attack. They had already sort of dumped out their best stuff, and he was trending upward. And I remember looking at it and going, my gosh, this guy's actually – this guy's actually got a shot that his perfect day is going to land right on that election. And, uh, and that's really exactly, exactly what happened. But, but I don't think that we should get overly um, – uh, I don't think that we should that we should be, become overly confident about you know what this means about the future. Now, it does show. I mean, that there was a divine hand that 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 hand came down and said, you know, no. And we don't necessarily know why that stay of execution was visited upon us. We don't know why. We don't necessarily know where that is. But but it was certainly not the end of the war. It was really, again, as I think the, the analogy that was used, the, the, the top of the inning, the top of the first inning is very true. And, and we have a lot of these ongoing concerns, and I, Kevin did such an excellent job of voicing so many of these concerns that, that still exist. But, you know, the reality is on the left, and we talk about this night and night again, the reason why you're not seeing a course correction from the left is because – their long-term strategy ultimately has not been impacted. The only thing that has occurred that has had a major impact on their long game, which they have been playing for for the last 50 or 60 years, is the Supreme Court justices, okay? Because their, their initial strategy is that through the demographic shifts, they would essentially own the executive branch and that over time they would crowd the Supreme Court and that they could use the two branches as a vice grip and basically circumvent Congress and the Senate and, and basically use the executive and the legislative branches of vice grip on, on the American people. Now we have a stopgap in place. We have a little bit of time there with that Supreme Court. But again, this is not a conservative Supreme Court. This is a balanced Supreme Court. This is what we have. Justice Roberts, uh, you know, I would say he's more conservative than progressive, but he's certainly shaky at best. And, you know, and a part of me, I sort of wish that I would be okay if everybody on the Supreme Court was a Justice Roberts, because I, I do have some respect for him, because I, I believe that he does try to separate himself from politics. Uh, but the problem is, is that when you have conservatives, and this is why uh, liberalism, particularly the, the, the current strain that we're dealing with, it, it actually sort of fundamentally uh, precludes a person from from being a, a justice, because justice is about authority and reason. And the left is actually completely diametrically opposed to that. So when you have a, a, a 
uh, you know, a bench of leftist activists that are simply there to rubber stamp policies. Uh, having somebody like a Justice Roberts is, is uh, you know, deeply destructive. But again, we have a we have at least a balance there. We have a, a check in place, and and God willing, perhaps we we may get to put another another justice on there. And and if that were the case, that would be something truly substantial. But we have very very major problems, and you know the left is looking at the reality. They're looking at those states that determined this election, the Rust Belt, and their numbers yeah. are uh, four years in 2020. There's going to be such and such many less traditional white Judeo-Christian Americans uh, in states like Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, these places, and and so and so many more of these ballooning urban populations in the cities. And and unfortunately, we're still not getting the type of proactive policy that's needed to actually turn the tide on these trends. We're act- We're having a a conversation about slowing the trends, but we're not having a conversation about actually turning the trends around. And, and this is concerning. And again, my message, and I may sound like a, a broken record for people that, that tune in here, uh, you know, pretty fairly frequently. I do believe that uh, there actually is a way to, through policy that we can in fact correct these things. And, and the president has been set by what the left has done to the American people. The things that they've achieved in this country you would not have seen possible in 1964 that a, a 90% white majority country would be facing, would be talking about being a minority and the impacts of that 50 years later. I mean, that, that, is, that is a historical achievement by the left that they've done, and, and they've done it through policy. They've done it through nefarious or negligent policy, and, and I think that it's encouraging because I think that if we start to think in a counterbalance mode rather than a let's toe the line mode, which doesn't work right. when you have one party that's intent on dragging you to the abyss. And your line is, you know, well, stop, stop. And when I have the ball, I'm going to just hold the ground. We've got to get into their turf. We've got to be looking at their end zone, and we've got to be carrying the ball over there much more aggressively than we are. We can do it with policy, but as our guests know, part of the equation is time is not on our side. It's on their side. And there's a direct correlation to how long we wait to deal with the problems that we're facing and how le- less likely we are to be able to resolve them in a, uh, in a uh, I would say, pleasant manner. So those would be my comments on sort of the, the issues that we're dealing with and really the path forward for this country moving forward. Uh, can I, go ahead. I want, uh, you, I want you to respond. Yeah, yeah, please, I, please. I, uh, I, I, was, I was going to, uh, and I agree with uh, the previous speaker on many, many of his observations, and I, I particularly – the fact that time is not on our side, time is anything but on our side. I would have just, you know, and I thought he gave some brilliant comments. I, I take a slightly different view of a couple of things. I think Roberts is the reason we've got Obamacare today. If people remember that he found a way to, yep, he was the last vote. He could have revealed it. Uh, yeah, he chose to vote for it. No argument. So, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, and I would also say uh, that I studied and I used to do campaign management in California and Arizona and different places. Uh, your comment that six out of seven of those games would have gone to Hillary if played on a different date. You may be right about that. I'm not. It doesn't really matter at this point. But what won Trump the election, in my view, was the fact that his people got down into the precinct level and they had Kellyanne Conway, who's brilliant. OK, and some other very good people take over this failing campaign that Manafort and Lewandowski had screwed up so royally, okay, 
she deserves a lot of credit for him being in the White House. They hit every precinct in the upper uh, rust belt of this country, and they brought on uh, the Electoral College vote. They outworked uh, the Clinton campaign 10 to 1, and and maybe that would be different on a different day or whatever. Uh, You take out the upper west side and east side of New York and west L.A., and you got five million votes right there that that went to Hillary Clinton. That uh, another thing we've got to worry about, as long as I'm pontificating, is they're going to make a big move on the electoral college. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. easy one to knock yeah. down. They want uh, to with with, uh, with, with the way they're thinking right now. You know, I mean, um, you know, I, I think what we make America great again. I think we ought to make Ocasio Cortez a bartender again. Okay, that's that's kind of what where I'm going with it. Um, this is going to go on. They're going to hound Trump. Maybe the pre- maybe the people will finally get fed up with this, see the light. But here's one thing, and I don't want to I don't want to drone on forever. I've been studying uh, the Islamic fundamentalist movement into Europe over the last 15 years. I was over there doing business, and uh, I was first accosted when I was in Paris about 2004, I would guess, uh, on the Champs d'Elysees by a group of Muslims who were starting one of their less than peaceable uh, movements. Uh, They were burning cars in certain neighborhoods at that time, and they were creating Sharia law no-go networks. This is nothing new. This has been going on in Paris, which my, you know, I had a a cousin, a Danish cousin who worked for the OECD, the European community. He got out of it. He calls it Parisistan. Um, Right now, the most popular name for a a male child born in in Germany is Mohammed. It's not Wolfgang or Gunther. If you look at the demographics, the replacement age of the replacement of of, uh, of, uh, population uh, statistics will tell you Germany, France, England, Scandinavia, the low countries, Italy and Spain are all below 1.5 per couple. Um, replacement of Caucasian and or native people. Muslims in those areas are creating uh, populations at five to eight children per family. The same thing has begun to happen in Canada, and we are watching it begin to happen in the United States. And if you don't believe it, go to Grand Island or Kearney, Nebraska, and see who lives there. And uh, in other words, the end of the world is full of Muslims, okay, which is what I consider central Nebraska to be, I, I have to tell you, that's a problem. We'd better figure out a way to get our arms around because we, we now have over 100 people serving in key leadership elected positions across the country. And I don't know, Rory, how many people are in the, are in the Congress, five that are of that faith? I'm sorry. It's time to call it out. They are the problem, yeah. not yeah. Not little Methodist women uh, giving, yeah. giving bake sales, not African-Americans, not our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Yeah. That's where the problem is. It's the Muslims. Clint, Clint, look what Omar said the other day about 9-11. Look at, look at what she said and how much of a slap in the face that is and a disgrace it is and so much disrespect towards uh, the victims and the families and the friends. I mean, she said some people – she refused to call out her own group for their um, position in the terrorist attack. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, and you know what? I'm intolerant, aren't I? I'm xenophobic. I'm racist. I'm intolerant. 
and I care about my grandchildren, and I don't care who calls me what. I don't believe we – I hope that your previous speaker, and you've got so many great ones on tonight, I can't keep everybody's name straight, but I, I hope he is right and that we can find a way to it. I've been involved since, since helped get Reagan elected in 80. I don't see any evidence that that's the case. I, I look at uh, – I, I, wa- I watch Mitch McDonald or Connor or whatever his stupid name is on one of the <laughs> Fox shows the other night. I mean, this guy is asleep, okay? Uh, he's, you know, a, he's a yeah, dweeb, I, man. Uh, you know what? There's We don't have powerful men, and we, and we can have some women in there, too. I'm not a sexist Soy about boys. that at all. You know? I mean, we've got some tough women out there. Elizabeth Dole uh, was kind of a Washington – a swamp monster too, but she had a pair. Okay. You know, I, I, I think we need to start saying, Hey, the whole game's in doubt now. And uh, I, I don't know what the way forward is. We know that God is sovereign. We know that God has a plan. Scholars of the new and old testaments will tell you the United States isn't mentioned anywhere in the Bible in the last times. Why is that? Okay. Is it that we don't exist anymore? Is it that we've been co-opted? Have we been destroyed by nuclear attack? Uh, the world will be will go up in fire at the end. That that's pretty clear. He's not going to destroy it with water again. He did that with Noah. Okay, it's fires in chapter two, and uh, you know the United States is not mentioned. I've I've debated this with some of the top uh, theology, the, theologians in the country, uh, and more agree with me than not that uh, uh, if these are the last times. We could be a fairly early victim. We could get knocked out around a 64 by by the time we reach the Elite Eight, okay, to use a current uh, term. I'm worried about that. And uh, I see two political parties in the country. One is those of us who generally back Trump, generally back nationalism, generally back strong economy, a strong border, a strong military, and belief in God and belief in God in our public institutions and our universities which are hotbeds of nothing but Marxist-Leninist socialism, okay, Um, versus everybody else. There aren't any Republicans and Democrats anymore. McConnell could just as easily have been a Democrat with what he said the other day, and now I'll shut up. He's a a joke, and he's a disgrace to the Republican Party, and I hope Chris Kobach runs against him in Kansas because he'll smoke McConnell, and we can finally get McConnell out of there. He's the epitome of a rhino. Uh, Joe, I'll let you respond, and I'm going to go to a quick commercial. Well, I, I think that, you know, um, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I know yeah, a lot of stuff I, yeah, at once, but, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and I, you know, I think that what you've seen over the last two years, in, and I've, I've, I've heard this said, um, you know, uh, regionally, and I've also heard this on, on national shows where folks say that, you know, Trump has taken over the Republican Party with a, with a hostile takeover using sort of a business uh, uh, cliche to describe what he's done. And, uh, and I think a lot of what we've seen with the retirement of the speaker and a lot of folks that are what I would describe as sort of establishment Republicans uh, have, have left the scene, whether it was through retirements or uh, unwillingly losing primaries from from challengers to the right in the same way that some of the moderate Democrats have lost challenges to from those to the left. We, we've seen a natural move in the last 10 years uh, in the Republican Party to a lot of the Tea Party folks as well as 
uh, you know, sort of the, this Trump phenomenon where you're finding folks that don't necessarily identify themselves as Republicans or haven't traditionally have now come on board uh, and are those right. Trump Democrats. And I think that you're seeing a, a real sort of sea change uh, in the way that, that these, the two-party system, as I grew up knowing it, has changed. I mean, those establishment Republicans, uh, and I would, I would list a, a Speaker Ryan or a Leader McConnell among them, uh, is folks that are, you know, a fading, uh, a fading part of the party. I think that, uh, you know, we're not going to see guys like that in the next five or ten years. Uh, as I, I yeah. think that Republican parties had a hard time sort of reinventing itself as a whole, uh, and right. it's doing it more so through the the eyes of a Donald Trump. I mean, I think he he really has come along and is changing yeah. the party, and that stuff's going to take some time. It's a- it's an entire, you know, Joe, it's an entire movement. I mean, what Trump has done is he's given the party back to we the people. He's given it back to us, and he's also gone in there with a business mindset. And I've said for so long, running this country is a CEO job. It, it's the job of a billionaire. It's, it's someone that has hired thousands of employees and has the experience in the realm of economics. Because what's the first thing you need to do to make sure your country is properly maintain, maintained and, and on track. Their economy has to be perfect. I mean, it has to be going and, and working well. I mean, that, that's the first thing. To, to do anything, you need money, and you need it uh, properly aligned. You know what I mean? I do. I do. It, it's one of those things, I'll tell you. Um, Bill, I'll go to you, uh, and then i got a quick commercial. Uh, go ahead, Bill. Well, yeah, the, the Democrats are running on higher taxes, and, and you have to hope that, that a majority of the public understands that it, companies, if you, you know, it's like what Warren's talking about, 3% on top of the, the normal, you know, with no deductions, no anything like that, that just gets put back into the middle class cost. And that's, it, that's, who's, that's the economic engine of this country. It always has been. It always will be. And I just uh, I, I don't see you know it's it's simple economics that that I guess that the the because the loudest voices are probably the least you know educated on such things is who they're they're following and who they're listening to, which I just don't think that that that's going to equate into to real election uh, results, and I just don't see how that can be. Very, very well said. Um, hey, uh, Joe, I know you have to run, but uh, thanks for coming. And please tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, and, and thanks for having me, Rory. Uh, and you guys can find me at wellingtonstrategies.com. Uh, and uh, I look forward to talking to anybody offline that wants to catch up afterwards. Thank you. Thanks for having me again, Absolutely. Rory. We'll have you back soon, Joe. Thank you. All right. You, you got it, buddy. All right. Take care. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. All righty, we are back. The Rory Sauter Show. Listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, don't forget that uh, visit our, our new media site for 24-7 breaking news coverage, thenextgenusa.com. And don't forget, we will be announcing very soon in the coming weeks the many notable names that will be having their own show and own uh, columns on our network. Uh, a lot to stay tuned for and a lot of excitement. Um, I want to I get to something that uh, I think is obviously uh, in a lot of people's minds. Uh, and it's breaking news all over the country today. This whole Michael Avenatti thing. We looked for so we saw for so long how this creepy porn lawyer was a hero to the left. He was on CNN. He was on MSNBC hundreds of times. And I'm not even being hyperbolic or exaggerating when I say hundreds. They even did a count of it on Fox News the other night. And they, it just goes to show how much of the mainstream media is such a joke and how their credibility and their words cannot be taken seriously or be trusted. You know, they called Michael Avenatti presidential. They thought he was a great candidate. I mean, people praised him. Uh, he did all these appearances. He was in magazines and books. You name it, Michael Avenatti was in it. He was everywhere. This guy... You know, all, you know the reason why, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Because he would go at Trump. He would throw out the worthless and petty liberal insults like they all frickin' do to make themselves look like the macho man. And we all know Trump would destroy anybody that tried to attack him. But Evanati, you know, stayed in there for a while. Uh, but obviously we know what happened. Uh, faded away. He's now in trouble with the law. 36 counts indicted by the state of California today. It includes stuff like stealing money from a para, paraplegic man, a paraplegic guy, a guy that can't even move, millions of dollars from him. And he, you want to know something else that he's going straight to hell for. He took that money of a paraplegic man's settlement, and he went and bought a fucking jet with it. Excuse my French. But he went and bought a jet with it. This is the kind of monster, this is the kind of pig Michael Avenatti is. And, you know, I thought he was very entertaining at times throughout the, throughout the last year. But there were times where, where I'm like, is the media serious? Are you guys serious with this guy? I mean, this guy has a past. There's for, that's for damn sure. This guy, you know, I, 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 can, I can say a lot of different things right now. Uh, one, of my, one of my family members started Tully's Coffee. Uh, I'm sure people know of it. Tully's Coffee, very well-known coffee company. Uh, anyways, you know, Michael Avenatti later on when Tully's was, uh, my family member had, had gotten out, but Michael Avenatti was one of the people that took over Tully's. Uh, so, and Michael Avenatti has been involved with so many different various projects. 
And, you know, from everybody that has ever met him and worked with him alongside him, I've known a few people that uh, have, and they say he's the scum of the earth. So it's like the liberals praise the scum. They praise the, the termites. They praise the, the terrible people. It disgusts me. It really does. I mean, look at them praising Farrakhan. The left has done that. Look at them siding with the, the Planet of the Apes extra, Michael Brown's mother. That fat boy in Ferguson who charged a cop and robbed a cashier. And basically, we all saw what happened after. My baby didn't do nothing. They all play the victim. We all know what happens on the left. Blacks, blacks are the victim. They can't do no wrong. The white cop is the racist for going after him. I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of who the liberal media praise. I'm tired of who they freaking get on their air every second just to bash Trump. We see Lanny Davis. That guy's a complete quack. Michael Cohen's lawyer. We see uh, who's, who's the Jesse Smollett's lawyer who represented Kaepernick? Gregoros, the, the scumbag attorney. That's another one. And then you've got people like, um, uh, oh, God, there's so many. I, you know, Clint, I want to I wanna start with you, Clint. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Avenatti is, uh, is that you can't make this stuff up, as someone once said. Uh, I knew Garagos back in Los Angeles years ago. He was an ambulance chaser. Uh, if you look at his one loss record, it's not very good, actually. I mean, I don't think Scott Peterson's too happy with him as he sits in his <laughs> cell on death row in San Quentin. Um, but, you know, these are these uh, celebrity mouthpieces, and uh, there are a couple of them out of New York as well. Uh, Trump does not have a perfect past, uh, but who does? And particularly somebody past, who man. has... He's the king. He's the king. His well, past I, is, is I the know, best thing but, ever. <laughs> well, but he is a New Yorker, okay? He he has played in the big leagues. He has navigated some, some waters. He's made some very good picks personnel-wise. He's made some that weren't so great as anybody would do, okay? Uh, but he is staying on top of what his agenda is, and he's not letting it uh, be answered by underlings that say they're going to go out and do things off the reservation just because they think uh, they want to do them, uh, which is what uh, happened with Jack Mattis, I think. And I was sorry to see him go, but he and the president had very uh, distinct differences on some pretty key issues, and I mean, if Trump was going to maintain his authority as president, Mattis had to go. It's, it's pretty much just that simple. Now, I don't know who ultimately will step into that slot. I hope he does better than what he's got there now. Um, right. That looks just too much like an inside, uh, aeros- you know, national face contractor kind of a deal there. Guy, an executive yeah. from Boeing. I love Boeing, yeah. but not, I wouldn't put him there. Um, yeah. Who's the other one we're talking about? These, these lawyers, this Cohen... These are fringe players. These are people being picked off by the left to try to try to get to Trump. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, you know, if 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 we'd had the same kind of coverage of the Obama administration, we'd have seen twenty-five yeah. Cohens and Avenatti. Look at the chief. Uh, look at Obama's there. ex-chief of staff just got indicted for corruption. The media is silent about it. Yep. Well, you know, you know, look think at about, uh, the think about the double standards. What if Trump? What if Trump's chief of staff was indicted? It'd be headline news. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, but, but, you know, one of the things we've tended to talk about a lot over the years is what a double standard it is. 
I think we just have to accept the field slanted in the other direction, and we've just got it. That's, that's just a factor we need to put into our planning. And, and one of the things that we need to do is attack YouTube, okay, which is attacking conservatives, and we need to attack Twitter, and we need to attack Facebook, and we need to come up with alternatives to those that do not censor free speech, okay, that are nationalist slash uh, patriotic slash uh, spiritual people. And I'm not saying Christians or Jews only, but people of spirit, not of, you know, people that have, uh, you know, I don't think Bill Clinton's an immoral person. I thought he was an amoral person. We've got a lot of those people running around. Okay, here's a man without morals. He doesn't even know what morals are. So, you know, so, you know, you know, nobody does that. You know, yes, exactly. And uh, his wife, I believe, and I did this on my radio show in 2016, 185 times. I think the woman is possessed. I think she is. I think she's a very evil person. And I think she uh, had, just for starters, foster whacked, okay? Uh, and there's a, there's a trail of dead bodies behind them a mile long. Uh, going all the way back to the pre-Arkansas days, there's just too much smoke there for there not to be some fire, okay? And uh, Clinton's down in Orgy Island having anal intercourse with a 12-year-old. I mean, <laughs> what, you know, what, what in the world? I mean, how, how, do, how do they get away with it? And it is NBC, ABC, CBS, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, The Washington Post, um, you know, CNNs, they all look the other way. It's just that yeah. simple. And, uh, um, you know, so that's what we're dealing with. And I guess we better get used to it. Uh, you know, somebody mentioned they thinks they can move. We can move Congress if we get a couple guys out of there. Keep in mind, there were 12 Republicans that deserted the president on the emergency wall measure. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost, a, almost a fourth of the entire Republican delegation yeah. folded because they didn't have the guts to stand up for the wall. Right. So, and, and Mitt Romney is, Mitt Romney, Mutt Romney, the guy that laid down, the guy that took a dive in the second debate in 2012. What a yep. loser. I'm sorry. He, he is. And I'll tell you this. Hillary Clinton's a carpet muncher, and she smells below the waist like musk. It's very musky down there. Oh, you to, every, you, that's wow. why Bill, Bill hasn't touched that. Or, or hit that in 30 years. No, Bill's no, too he's busy. Not, he, no, he's not. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? No. Um, I this do want to go to This chat. must be where he's sought our premium content now. We must be after hours. So, uh, uh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. man. Wow. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. Uh, yes, I, I can't agree more with uh, any of these other points. Uh, spectacular. And uh, some, especially with these mainstream media sources. I mean, they're hypocritical on every single turn. And, I mean, just the, the best one that's been coming out this week that's finally are coming uh, more to main people, uh, mainstream attention right now is Joe Biden's touching of women and children and all this. Um, I mean, He's it's a right in front of everyone's face. And in front of everyone's face. And they completely deny that he's straight up molesting and doing very creepy things to these women and children. It's it's disgusting. And uh, people, I mean, these groups have to be held accountable for not sharing any of these these stories. And uh, we remember back uh, in this last election that Joe Biden was uh, the establishment choice for the Democratic Party, except he didn't decide to run. I mean, he was 
potentially their guy uh, because mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton was such an awful candidate. But uh, essentially, mm-hmm. I mean, all these Democratic uh, candidates for president, I mean, they're so god-awful, and they are yeah. hypocrites around every single turn. So uh, what's yeah. really important especially is I think that we need to you know, go to decentralized platforms uh, get off yeah. the, the TV and really um, find uh, where the real news is at. And so uh, something that's really special that's going on right now is uh, PewDiePie, who's one of the who's the number one most popular uh, personality in the world. Uh, he's moving uh, to a platform that's crypto backed called D Live, and so that's going to be the next biggest uh, YouTube provider because you know, all these different Silicon Valley platforms are taking away people's money and censoring and doing all these various forms of manipulation, and uh, yep. the truth just can't get out. Um, Google yep. and Amazon and all these different groups. So, uh, yeah, it's really important that we actually take a proactive step towards uh, finding the truth, and it's not going to be found, at least not for very long, on all these various uh, mainstream media platforms. Yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill in Texas, go ahead. Well, you know... Uh, but Avenatti's got to be the biggest idiot in the world to think that he could go and do all these things and then get into the public spotlight and and not be put under a microscope. I mean, my God, how can you how can you even have you know if you're doing all that? How would you, you know, go on television 102 times in 90 days on CNN and attack the most powerful man in the United States? And I think that that he's a, I think they're they're going to set an example to him, not just. To other people up and coming, but I think they're showing that this is what's about to occur. I think he's the easiest fruit to pick right now. And but I think they're sending this is kind of like a warning shot across the bow of what's to come to to the Avenatti's and the the you know even maybe Adam Schiff's and and Hillary Clinton's and Comey's and stuff like that. I think they're this is a, a way of saying here we come. No, I hear you. I absolutely hear you. Um, let's go to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead. Hey, Rory. So, you know, a couple a couple great points. We've been over a few things here. And, and Clint, I did kind of want to clarify. I, I'm I'm completely with you. The current leadership is not is not sufficient. The current platform is not sufficient. Uh, my, my suggestion is that a different platform. A different, uh, a different set of leadership could potentially use the process to correct what has been done. Um, but, but what would be required would be a, a substantial shift. Not Shift really isn't the right word. A reimagining of what conservatism looks like in this country. And um, on the topic of, of Avenetti, uh, you know, let me tell you, I, I, I've talked about this many times in terms of criminalizing pornography uh, banning pornography, prosecuting the pornographers. The guy would probably have a lot of work uh, if I was president, but hopefully we'd find some, some stuff to go after him first to take him off the table beforehand. And and also, and Clint, you'd also mentioned about the uh, the encroachment of the radical Islamic communities. And this is, you know, we really have a, a lot of tremendous historical precedent to look at on this. I mean, this is what happens when you have a retraction of male leadership. What happens, you, you don't get this kind of uh, little party that goes on for several decades until a, a larger uh, patriarchal and, and, and ultimately very violent culture comes in and invades and, and, and enforces that patriarchal order. 
back into the system. So this is exactly right. the kind of stuff that's on the horizon if if we don't get this under Very control. Good. And yeah, and, and and you know Joe Biden. I mean, absolutely, he's playing the card of you know uh, I, I understand. I take this stuff seriously. Uh, things mean different things now than they did then. Um, and you know that's that's all well and good, but but the problem is is that. He's the one that's been driving us from where we were then to where we are now, okay? He is the biggest proponent of VAWA, the violence, the so-called Violence Against Women Act, which is really, really about legal violence towards men and families. And he's been a guy throughout his entire career who has spearheaded false allegations of sexual assault. So, so it, is, it could not be more fitting that, that he be under the, the microphone, for, sorry, the, the microscope for that. The issue we have with the Democrats is, you know, we go around and we beat them all up, but there's not a decent one in the lot. So, you know, okay, so then we get off of Biden and then we go back to Elizabeth Warren and she's got the Native American thing. I mean, these guys are all deeply dangerous. Yep. There's not a there's yep. not a good one. Well, maybe Tulsi Gabbard, uh, you know, I, I would say, well, while she's certainly, uh, you know, majority of her policies are destructive, I, I would separate her and say that she is slightly less odious than the majority of them. But, you know, this is a, a nonviolent civil war, and we are up against an enemy that uh, is, is uh, uh, not doing this in an above-board manner. They're pulling every possible thing, every trick that they can, and whoever comes out of there is going to be a lunatic. And we can dismiss them all we like, but the reality is, is that if Hillary Clinton were a black woman, there's a very good chance that she would be president. Uh, you know that that they had invested that you know maybe having a, a female a female that was enough. But the reality is is that uh, the enthusiasm and the the home court advantage in the minority groups that Obama had, if she had that, she probably would be president. So I, I caution us to remain vigilant and and concerned on the horizon about this upcoming election. And we right. joke about these people, and it's good to do that. But at the same time, the threat that they pose is, is very, very gravely serious. It is. Yeah, it is. Right. And they won't make the same mistakes again in 2020 yeah. that they made in 2016. Uh, and they will run yeah. a candidate who's energetic in the upper Midwest and will do what Trump did. And uh, I think those are great comments you just made. And, and, I, and I, I don't take a great deal of issue. I, I am praying that you're right about that, you know, but. I just I think it's really amazing. Ninety percent of these Democrats are sociopaths, man. They have aberrant behavior. They're just not normal people. OK. And uh, you, know, you wouldn't you wouldn't invite them to your house for dinner for crying out loud. You wouldn't have them to garage sale. And yet they're running the country. So I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's lamentable. But uh the one thing I would end my comments with, if you don't mind, Rory, is just to repeat that God is in control, and uh, but he's not a respecter of people, and he's not a respecter of nations. And he, you know, we can ask him to save the United States of America. That doesn't mean he's going to do it. I think any country that murders 75 million citizens, helpless, yep. and now we're murdered. You can kill somebody in New York and uh, be, be uh, convicted of first-degree homicide and uh, with special you know, uh, characteristics to it, whatever the, the name of that is. And you go to life in prison, you won't go, you won't get the needle. You could be a baby laying on a table now in New York on uh, completely out of the womb and still be murdered. And that's called an abortion. Okay. So we, have, we have about, we have about four minutes. We have about four minutes left. Uh, continue though. You, we, we just got a little bit of time left. Go ahead though. 
Well, I was just going to say that it's a strange, strange world. You know, we know the old statement uh, that the, all, the only thing that needs to happen for evil to, sur- to thrive in the world is for good men to do nothing. And I would yeah. just say that we have moved beyond, um, and I know I'm going to be probably monitored and have my taxes audited again, the whole thing. I think we've moved beyond conventional methodologies for this country. I think Donald Trump right. is the first step for that. I don't think we can right. get away with playing it the way we are anymore. It's not good enough. The Republicans back right. there are there. And I, I, there's a guy that represents our district here who's an Air yeah. Force general who I supported. We got him elected. Yeah. The guy has been a lamb back there. He hasn't done anything. Okay. Right. Uh, you get into, a, into the seat. You want to stay. You get the Congress or the Senate. The one thing you got to do is get yourself reelected. Yeah. That's all you really right. care about. That's my point. Clint. No, I very well said. Uh, Clint, uh, I'm going to get everybody to – well, actually, I'll go to Mike. Mike, real quick, you, can you say your opinion in 30 seconds? You know what? I'm just going to give you the time to close tonight properly, and I just want to thank everybody for having a great show and, and a really great conversation tonight. Good job, Rory. It was Thank good. you, man. I really appreciate that. And, Mike, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, I don't know. You have to look. I'm one of the few conservatives left in New York State, so pop a couple of flares. I'll look for you. I'll find you. <laughs> there aren't that yeah, many of us very, that, That's not very a bad well way to look said. at it. So. Um, Clint, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can find you. I'm having, uh, I'm having Rory build me a website right now. Um, I just left Salem Radio a week ago. I was uh, one of their their uh, on-air uh, talk talent talk show host for the last five years. Uh, I've left right. uh, Salem, and uh, I'm going to go into the world of the Rory Sodders. I'm going to try to get up to speed with younger people, and uh, so Rory's going to put a platform together for a show of mine, which will premiere in the next few weeks. And uh, But right now you can reach me just by going to my uh, my email address, clint.unplugged at cox.net send me an email and i'll i'll call anybody on the phone and and uh and also also curse on my facebook page so that's you know that's easy to do um and facebook messenger is a great way to get a hold of me clint bellow c-l-i-n-t-b-e-l-l-o-w-s thank you perfect clint thank you we'll we'll see you soon and uh god bless talk to you soon god bless you Murray. uh bill bill go ahead yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Super Elite Texan. Good show, Roy. Excellent. Thanks, Bill. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yes, you could find me at uh, nationalistunited.com, but preferably on uh, Facebook, Nationalist United. We've gotten over 400 followers in just a single week that we've been um, established. Perfect, man. Well done. Well done. We'll see you next week. Uh Let's go to Daryl. Daryl, go ahead, buddy. Daryl2024.com. Rory, thank you so much, and and God bless your entire entire panel. Have a nice evening. All right, we'll see you next week, buddy. Thank you. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. we got so much addressed, so much established, fantastic dialogue. I want to thank my co-hosts. I want to thank my audience, sponsors. And guests, uh, you guys are all amazing. Uh, we will see you all next week. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. 
don't forget, the Rory Sauter Show is listened to in 22 different countries and on over 60 online platforms. And uh, visit our new media site, thenexgenusa.com. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. And we will see you on Monday. God bless. I'm Rory Sauter. Cheers.